What's going on, everybody? Welcome to show 30 of ATL Sports HQ Live. I'm Phil Beasley. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore ATL Phil. What's going on, everybody? I'm Derek Clemens. You can follow me on Twitter at Derek Clemens. Make sure you follow everything we do on the site at atlsportshq.com and follow us on Twitter at atlsportshq. And be sure to follow all six or seven, I can't even keep them straight, uh, team-specific Twitter sites that we have. And if you're interested in running for the site, just shoot us a message and we can get you in. And we're not just looking for writers. We're looking for anybody. You know, If you want to come be on this show, if you want to go cover some sports, we definitely have access. So definitely hit us up and let us know. But let's get right into it. Not a lot to talk about today as we kind of head into that summer dog days. But a major transaction took place in the NBA a few days ago. Um, Mr. OKC is no more. So OKC had that big four a few years ago, and now it's the big Schroeder face of the franchise experience again we all know how that went in atlanta but uh okc decided to trade russell westbrook down to houston so to reunite him with uh, james harden and in exchange they got some draft picks and they got cp3 but cp3 and okc have no intention on meeting on playing with each other so uh expect cp3 to be moved again and if no viable trade partner is found, um, he could get bought out and you know, potentially, yeah, uh, I'm sure the Lakers would put their hands in, in that. Uh, see, I don't know, not too many teams really need a starting point guard. Um, I don't know if uh, CP3 would be willing to kind of put his choir aside and be a backup anywhere, but he'd have a lot better chance finding somewhere and I'm sure he doesn't want to play for the minimum either but there's only two or three teams that even have any sort of cap space left but what, what was your reaction when this trade went down I was very shocked uh, I didn't think that the Rockets were going to be able to put together a deal and get CP3 off of their books and for him to even not even be a three-team trade I thought that would have to be the case for it to happen and I mean it just seemed like the Thunder got what they wanted in the picks, more adding on to more picks, and um, just letting Russell go to where he wanted to be. Uh, that was obviously one of the places that he favored to team up back with Harden again. Uh, but, I mean, it's, I think it's great for the league, another trade that uh, builds another dynamic duo. I mean, there's so many in the league uh, for next season. It's going to be fun to watch to see a lot of them go at it. Uh, CP3, I have no idea what's going to happen with him. I mean, I mean, the only team that has showed interest that I know of is the Miami Heat. And I don't even – they have to find a way to who to find out who they're going to send back to the Thunder because they'll have to give up a little bit of something. And, I mean, if they buy him out, I mean, he's still owed, I think, $120 million. So I don't know exactly how that works for the buyout. But, I mean, that's just a large amount. So I think it's going to be weird to see – Where's what happens with Chris Paul because I don't think he really has intentions to play with the Thunder next season. Yeah, and there's no there's no point. You know, the Thunder are clearly in blow it up rebuild mode. Um, their best player now is Dennis Schroeder and Stephen Adams. So not exactly a a coup that's gonna get you very many wins. And then of course, you know, the the the, the future OKC 
decided to do this, but they did it the right way. Um, they went after, they have about 15, they have about 15 draft picks in the next six, 15 first round draft picks in the next uh, six years, I believe. So they're, they're stacked. Um, they're doing this the right way. You know, if they want it to eventually down the road, once their young guys start developing a little bit, they, they could, um, they could package some of those picks and try to get a star. But as far as free agency, uh, I don't see anybody lining up to go to to go to OKC. Um, now, as far as the the fit in Houston, you know, I said this with um, with CP3 and Harden when that first happened. I don't like it, and you know, they kind of proved me wrong. You know, they went to Western Conference Finals. They should have been in the finals, which means they should have won the championship last year. Honestly, I think they would have beat Cleveland uh, just as bad as Golden State beat Cleveland last year, but. They just they couldn't get it done, and then of course there was some infighting. It seems like we're seeing this more and more. Uh, CP3 at some of his stops, but as far as Westbrook and Harden, now I know they played together nicely uh, back in the day, but Harden's game has changed to where he's basically a point guard and dominates the ball. Well, so Westbrook is also a ball dominant point guard so now you have two of them who's going going to defer is harden going to be more of a catch and shoot guy or is westbrook going to be more of a catch and shoot guy but um what people don't realize russell westbrook isn't really a good shooter he shot about 29 percent from three last year um he's not a great outside shooter you know he's a volume shooter but He's not a knockdown shooter. He's not someone you want just hanging around on the wing. So they're really going to have to work that out. Um, I forgot uh, coaches, man. I forgot his name. Mike D'Antoni is really going to have his hands full. And, you know, I'm sure they want it to work. I think uh, Russell and Harden have a great respect for each other. But it's going to be a work in progress. And I, I don't think Houston's going to be blazing out the at the um out the gates but you know I, this year it's anybody's league pretty much so we'll see what happens i think it's definitely gonna take them some time and i think the only way for this little duo to work is if russell is coming off the ball and playing sort of that two guard because i mean harden has literally changed his game entirely and he has to have the ball in his hands to be at his best and i think if you it's a possibility i mean right you know we all know russell goes 100% no matter what, but maybe with him being the two guard and Harden sort of running the show, he might be able to slow down his game just a tad bit just so it's not he's not getting in Harden's way when he's doing what he's used to doing. I mean, with his – he's been an MVP candidate the last three years and he won the one. So, I mean, I think it has an opportunity to work if it is played right, but I think they do have their hands full at the start of the season, and it's going to take some getting used to, even though they do have chemistry playing together. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to look forward to. I, I definitely – I can't wait for this NBA season. It's the most exciting – most excited I've been going in uh, in a long time. We really – we have about 10 teams that you could realistically make a case that could win the NBA championship. I can't remember when's the last time we've said that. Um, so, yeah, the dead period is here. Uh uh, this is my least favorite sports time of the year. You know, MLB is just in their dog days of summer, just playing every day. <laughs> um, 
and that's about it. Well, thankfully now I have I have a uh, soccer to to occupy me a little bit, so that makes it a little better. But that's really it until training camp opens in mid September. I, I think media day will fall around the twenty fifth. For well, also well NFL starts up soon, but I don't really keep up too much with NFL until like the regular season starts. But yeah, how how do you pass time waiting? waiting for NFL and college football to start up is one of the boring most boring times of the year I mean there's because I'm not a huge baseball guy so I'm not really into especially at this time of the year I mean for the MLB season I mean I watch in the playoffs and stuff but and then I'm not a big soccer guy either so it's hard for me to get into that so really I'm stuck watching sometimes I catch uh, the little classic games that NBA TV throws on or I mean, really, you just got to watch watch Stephen A. and Max Kellerman talk about the same thing for the next three months until something come, else comes on. I mean, there's really nothing else to watch sports-wise. I haven't watched the episode of, um, of First Takes. It's gotten even worse. I, I've slowed. I used to watch it, like, every day, but it's gotten even worse, like, pretty much recently. Yeah, I just I, I feel like they will. I know they do it on purpose because uh, drama brings views. So you know you got you, you got to take it with a grain of salt, pretty much. You know they're gonna say stuff off the wall on purpose. That's what gets the conversation going. But you know for me, yeah, you know, I follow ML, MLS pretty closely, so that keeps keeps me occupied. And you know this is the time of year I probably play more 2K than any other time of the year. I like to run out. Uh, I like to build the rotation as good as I can with the Hawks and and run that a few times and test out some of the new teams. I'll tell you this: if if, if we're going to talk about the Hawks a little more later, but they're deep. <laughs> if anything else, they're deep. But speaking of 2K, you know they've started to release their little thing. You know, every year they put out these nice graphics, and you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to get my hands onto this. And then it comes out, and it feels like the 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 same game. Why do we keep falling for this trap? <laughs> I feel like you could just download one of those updated rosters and tweak it to your liking, and play the the old one for two or three years. Yeah, pretty is. I mean, they changed some stuff, and I mean those screenshots. Uh, everyone was complaining about them because they say like they put an old screenshot, and the person is dry, and then they put a the screenshot next to him of someone sweating because it makes the graphics look a little better, which, I mean, I agreed with. I mean, it's when the graphics come out, there's really not much more they can do with the game on that standpoint. I mean, they got it to the best that they can, I guess, because it hasn't been different for the past two years. But I, I'm still going to always be excited for 2K just because of getting to play with the new guys and the rookies. And I enjoy seeing how they rate the guys at the beginning of the season to see what they think, uh, what their rating should be. And it's always a fun argument, but. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, LeBron being rated number one? Uh, I'm not surprised. I don't, I guess, I don't know. It's hard to say if he should or should not be, but I'm not surprised because I'm pretty sure he's been the highest rated for the past 10 years. Probably. I feel like based on the expectation of next season, and how last season went, I would honestly rate Harden, Giannis, and Kawhi maybe one point ahead of them. 
have him at like 95 and then, then have like uh, Giannis and uh, Harden at 96 and then Kawhi at 97. They definitely ain't going to do that. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they was either going to have LeBron first or maybe second. Okay. I was surprised that they had Giannis third with the I think he was a ninety six, and then LeBron and yeah, Kawhi LeBron were ninety seven. But they said LeBron was just ahead or something. Yeah. But you know, those ratings are subject to change. You know, after the first week of the season, uh, it could entirely shake up. It's like uh, a few notable. Well, the only one for the Hawks that's been released so far is DeAndre Hunter at seventy seven. Where do you see Collins and Trey coming in at? Um, I think Trey will get the edge and get a eighty-five, and then Collins will get an eighty-four. Yeah, I'm. A, I think they'll both get eighty-four. Um, you know, Trey's deep. I. It's hard to you yeah. know when you just talk about an overall number. It's hard to tell what putting in his grades on defense will do for. For that overall number, but offensively, I mean, he's a great video game player. But uh, one notable thing I did see, I, I don't like them giving Steph a 99 at three-point shooting. A 99, I, a nine, give him a 98. I, I, he's not perfect. He doesn't make 99% of his threes, so I, I want to give him perfect three-point shooting. I think that's just falling into the Twitter hype narrative. I think I think they had him a 99 last season, too. Then someone – what would you say? I made, I made Trey a 99 and two-point shooting on my uh, <laughs> rebuilt rotation. <laughs> uh, someone they did, I thought they overrated. Uh, they did it last season, too. I forget how high it was. But uh, Donovan Mitchell, he was listed as an 88, just one grade uh, lower than Jimmy Butler and Clay Thompson, which I – don't agree with. I, I think Donovan Mitchell has been a little overrated in the media's eyes and stuff. Yeah, I think I think they just like his personality. He seems like a good guy. Um, future Hawk, I think. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. He's very good. He's yeah. very good. But, um, so, well, let's talk about, uh, so this coming season, out of the NBA, you know, James Harden laid it this year with 36.1 points per game. I think that was the highest since Michael Jordan in 1986-87. Uh, who, do, who do you think will take the crown this year? I mean, obviously, James Harden isn't going to be able to score 36.1 points per game this year with Russell Westbrook by his side. So who do you think takes the crown? I couldn't hear the question. It, it wasn't breaking up. Who do you think will uh, be the highest scoring NBA player? Highest scoring? Oh, uh, okay. Um. That's a hard one because, I mean, everybody's with somebody. I'm going to – I guess I'm going to just go ahead and just say Harden because, I mean, just – he. I think he's still going to get those shots up because that's his game. That's what he's going to want to do. So, really, it's – I think I think most likely Harden. Maybe Curry could be up there if he just decides to go off like he did his MVP season. Because I mean, he has the opportunity to do so with uh, Clay Hurt. So, but I think it will most likely be hard. I'm going to go with either Giannis or Curry. Um, I think Curry's going to have a, a spectacular year. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, though, because, you know, he's always, even back in the day, you know, he's always had other 
ball handling stars next to him. Not having Clay next to him, I think, is really going to affect him. But he is going to have D'Lo next to him, though. So I, I think it's going to kind of even out. What will be interesting because Clay should be ready to come back January, February. So that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to shake out. Is Russell just going to be like a Lou Williams type six man or, or what? I mean, we're talking about a former all star here. So Played his best basketball. I mean, he just looked great last season. So that's hard to bring him off the bench. They said they're not going to flip him. So I think they're lying with that, but we'll see. But, um, Summer League came to an uneventful end. Man, how we missed last year's Summer League. Uh, the Is it Memphis or Utah? The – I had it, but I think, I, I think the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies won the Summer League Championship. You see how exciting it was. I can't even remember what team it was. Uh, very uneventful. You know, most of the top guys ended up not playing. Zion played a half. Um it, you didn't. There just wasn't a lot of storylines. Yeah, one of the biggest storylines was Taco Fall. So that that shows you how uneventful it was. You know, there's it, after a couple of just amazing summer league seasons. You know, is the hype, which was overhyped in the first place, is the hype coming back down to earth? You know, are teams really going to start holding out their top draft picks of this? Um, showcase and competition, you know, like what What do you think is the future of NBA Summer League? I hope not because if so, it's, I mean, it's just a waste to even televise. I mean, right. my goodness, it was so – like it was hard for me to have it on in the background, let alone sit down and actually watch and evaluate some of these guys because it's just, it's just a pickup game at that point. I mean, there's guys out there fighting, trying to get a career out of the, uh, the Summer League. And, yeah. Trying to find a roster spot, but I mean, we want to. Fans want to see those top guys, and I just think they need to play. I mean, it was fun watching summer league last year with all the guys like Trey. I mean, and Collins played, and then the year before, I mean, it was fun watching Lonzo, Kuzma, and all those guys. I mean, they just have fun, and with it not being completely serious, but they make it competitive when you have those top guys playing. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to have to – you can't force teams to make their top guys play. But I, I remember, you know, teams used to send some of their regulars. I mean, J.R. Smith used to play in summer league every year. <laughs> Back in this, like, the mid-2000s. J.R. Smith was there for, like, five years straight. You would see some of those in-rotation guys play there for years. Uh, I'm sure it won't go back to that, but they got to figure something out. I mean, come on. You're a rookie. Get your feet wet. This is your first taste of semi-professional ball, you know. Throw those players out there. And I, I mean, I understand. Not you don't want to. You don't want them to play every single game. That's fine. But I mean, right. if you have no injuries, I mean, there were some guys like Reddish. He was hurt, but there was guys. I mean, like Cover. There was really no reports of him having an injury until the summer league came up, which was weird to not see him. Like, I mean, just at least play one, maybe two games. And yeah, yeah I'm sure they were practicing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure ESPN wasn't happy about it because um, every game was televised. So <laughs> they, I'm sure they could have been showing some other stuff. But let's uh talk about our Hawks. Um, the only roster move in since last time was we said bye bye to Jalen Adams after his 
miserable summer league. I never saw the hype over Jalen Adams. I hate it when he played last year in the regular games. I don't know how we held on and were decent toward the end of last year with Jalen Adams as our backup point guard. The only thing he could do at an NBA rate was uh, shoot the three if he's open towing the line. That was literally his only NBA trait. Um, you know, you never want to see a guy lose his job, but at least he did get to pocket that $100,000 um, guarantee. So good luck to him. Uh, I don't think he'll find another NBA home, but he did really good in the G League a few years ago, 15 points per game, six assists per game. That's decent numbers over there. You know, maybe he can catch on in China or England, you know, some one of those other Greece, one of those other leagues, maybe the NBA down down under in Australia. You know, good luck to him. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about him? I mean, he just he looked very bad in the summer league yeah. this season. And I mean, from my I never really saw a, a talent in his game. I mean, not that he didn't have to I never saw a skill in his game that showed potential of being a solid role, uh, backup point guard for NBA right, team. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense that we got rid of him. I mean, we gave him a chance and took a little, I mean, we just took a little risk on him and seeing what he could do. And uh, when it was time, we let him go. So that leaves us with Evan Turner uh, as far as uh, backup point guard spot. And then of course we can use Bembry a little bit there. Um, they said uh, even Reddish could spend some time at the um, at the backup spot. So we'll see what happens. You know, I'm looking forward to it. No more Jane Adams. I just, you know, you, that was our biggest drop off last year. It felt like when Trey was out the game, nothing could happen after um, Jeremy Lin got released. Uh, one more free agent decision still needs to be made by the Hawks. Depending on if Vince comes back, we have two or one spots. Uh, Travis Lank did float the idea of going into the season with a spot open. So if we do resign Vince, that could be it. But Vince, it's it's not looking too uh, it's not looking too good, guys. Unfortunately, you know Vince is looking for minutes, and if you examine that Hawks roster, there's some serious debt. Depth on the on the wings. So Vince Carter wants the similar minutes, 10, 15 minutes in game that he got last year. And it's not really looking feasible right now. But then again, you know, is it really feasible anywhere else? So I really I fans are really understating the impact that Vince Carter had and would have next year. Um for for the Hawks, you know, off the court, on the bench, you know, this guy. Keep in mind, this guy's older than um, Trey Young's dad. He's the same age as Coach Lloyd Pierce. He was pretty much like a big brother to the entire team this year. And I, I gotta imagine he helped Coach Pierce a, a good bit too. You know, this guy's been in the been around the NBA for 21 years now. So I definitely hope to see Vince Carter back. Uh, you think he's he's going to be back? I definitely want to see him back, but I also don't want to see him take minutes away from the younger guys, and that's the hard part about it. Uh, Schlink is going to want uh, that not to happen. Right. So. 
Do you? Uh oh. I think we lost him. Let's give it a minute and see. While we wait to see if he comes back, make sure you guys uh, check out the article I sent out yesterday um, talking about, you know, Hawks fans really should just temper their expectations a little bit, I think. I think uh, fans have been a little overconfident in the, um, in the team going to this year. I've seen many people expecting us to make the playoffs. Now, I caught a little bit of flack for this. I'm not saying the Hawks won't or can't make the playoffs, but, oh, there it is. But I do think fans should temper expectations a little bit. You know, don't put expectations on this young team. Let them figure it out. You know, it's no guarantee that we will be much better than last year. Losing Kent Bazemore, Dwayne Dedman, um, that, that's not little. You know, those guys had a huge impact on and off the court. So, we got to be patient, go in there open-minded, and just enjoy it. You know, it's going to be exciting. They're going to play good. There's going to be struggles, especially defensively, you know, and also take pressure off these rookies. Uh, we have been very, very lucky the last few years with John Collins, Trey Young, and Kevin Herter. It should not be expected that these rookies were just coming here and flourish too. It doesn't always work like that and we've been very lucky that it has worked like that the last few years but do you think we made the playoffs i wouldn't expect it going into the season i would definitely not expect it i mean that's asking the team to add on what about 13 wins around yeah. that range because i mean you'd have to win i think last season they seed won 41 games if i'm not mistaken so yeah. you have to win about 41 to 43 games Assuming wise, it's, I mean, that's hard to do. It's possible. I mean, we're a better constructed team. We're a deeper team this year. But a 14-win improvement for a team this young, that's a lot to ask for. I'm expecting more in the way of anywhere from 33 to 38 wins and around the 10 seed. When you line up those teams, I don't think we're better than Miami or Detroit. Um, Detroit had a lot of injuries last year. They have two bona fide stars, honestly. Uh, Miami, I think Jimmy Butler can lead them to about 35 to 40 wins. Um, you know, you got to you gotta consider Orlando. They made the playoffs this year. Then, of course, I think um, Toronto still has enough to be a lock. Of course, Boston, Brooklyn, um, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, if you have the Raptors in there, maybe. The Raptors. Um. Charlotte, of course, will be a non-factor. Uh, Chicago, I think Chicago will be around that 25 to 30 win range. Uh, really? So it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a battle. I think the Hawks will be in the hunt in March. I just don't think we have enough to get over the hump just yet. Now, I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but hey, let's look at how the how the lottery went this year. Anybody can win it. So you never know. We could get lucky. I mean, I just it just all depends on how uh, Reddish and Hunter uh, transfer into the NBA. Bruno also, because, I mean, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes at that center position. You know, we're talking about a second-round pick. 
it's not going to be all peaches and roses for him coming out the gates. You know, yes, his body looks ready, but you know, let's not come in here and expect him to fill Dwayne Dedman's shoes. That's not going to happen. I can virtually guarantee that. And again, I'd love to be wrong and I'm going to be rooting for the playoffs, but I'm going into the season open-minded like last year and I'm just going to enjoy it. But so, people just, I mean, I'm, especially Reddish, I mean, he was my favorite guy coming out of college, but I'm not expecting him to just come in and just light up the league instantly. I mean, I'm high on all these guys in Hunter, Reddish, and Bruno, but, I mean, I don't expect them to be three the three rookies that just come in and give us 15 more wins so we could get into the playoffs. I mean, I've seen fans say we're going to be seventh to sixth seed, which is four. And I've, I've even uh, seen teams say, we have our core, we have our stars that are going to lead us, and we're not going to need to get premier free agents at <laughs> that we're all set and we can just use that money for filler guys. Let me tell you that. That ain't happening. Um, with all due, y'all know how much I'm a fan of Trey Young and John Collins. They cannot be your two best players on a championship team, period. Especially not right now. No. Nah, we're going to need some players out of that 2021 crop, which is deep. I think we talked about the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, let's throw out an over-under for the number of national TV games that the Hawks will have this year. Last year, they had not including NBA TV. Last year, they had one that was uh, on ESPN, um, the Mavericks and the Hawks, the opening night of State Farm Arena at Luka versus Trey. Um, they had none the year Dennis Shooter was our fearless leader. And then the Dwight year, they had eight. Uh, and that was right in the middle of the pack for the league. Typically, you see like the Warriors. I'm sure the Lakers will have probably about 35. Um, that's usually peak around 35 national TV games. And then there's one or two teams that have zero, a few that have one. And then, you know, it goes up from there. Um, honestly, I. I really think they're going to bite on our excitement, and we're going to have seven or eight this year between uh, ESPN and TNT. Don't think we'll have any of those Sunday showcase or Saturday night showcase on ABC. We haven't made it there yet. And I've, I've seen people floating around that we should have the Christmas game with Dallas. No. It ain't happening. No. It's not happening. I promise. <laughs> I'll give. I'll, I'll buy people tickets if that happens. Well, why promise. would that need to happen? I mean. There, because there's a rivalry on Twitter of a few Mavericks fans and a few Hawks fans. I, I guarantee there's bigger rivalries on on Twitter out there. Yeah, uh, I think Christmas will be Lakers Clippers. Um, I'd say Celtics, uh, Philadelphia, maybe Toronto. Nah, they're not gonna give it Canada. That will ruin views. They're not gonna give a Canada team Christmas. Uh, Brooklyn has to maybe – well, they always give New York that game. So, Brooklyn and New York. Uh, the Knicks are going to be in there for sure. Houston and, like, Houston and Portland or Houston and the Jazz, something like that. That, that'll, be, that'll, that'll be the Christmas games. The Hawks, they're not there yet. As they shouldn't be. This right. ain't no. We're talking about Christmas game. We'll have our MLK game, MLK Day game on national TV probably somewhere. Usually they've been relegating that to NBA TV lately, but I think it'll be one of the later ones this year. I think start there. <laughs> I'll say I say the minimum 
I'll give us five minimum national games, and I think the high will be eight. Because I think a lot of people have starting to uh, catch up to the hype. I mean, we've seen yeah. a few. People are going to want to see uh, Reddish and Hunter play, and then after the season, Young and Collins had. They're going to want to show fans that. So I say the high eight, minimum five. Yeah, I definitely think so. But that'll do it for our basketball talk. Let's transition to the dog days of summer. Um, the Atlanta Braves, still hot. They've won four in a row coming out of the break. You know, the trade deadline is looming. So hopefully they'll be looking at making some pitching moves. But, but now I'll tell you, nobody can slow down those bats. It looked like the Dodgers were running away with the NL, but the Braves are closer to the Dodgers than they are to the pack now. They're, uh, the Braves are the best team in the league since June 1st. You know, the Nationals have been flirting with that, but, you know, not even they can keep up with us right now. I think the Braves are up to like a seven and a – either a seven or eight game lead in the NL, in the NL East. Nobody saw that coming um, – about two months ago, you know, the Braves were flirting with 500 over the first 40, 45 games of the season. And they just, they figured it out. You know, this team is a World Series um, contender. The only thing that can basically stop them is that relief pitching, which in all honesty, if you look at the ERA in whole, it hasn't been bad. So if they can make one or two moves, maybe get another starter, get a closer. This is a World Series contender this year so you know they're sitting at 58 and 37 seven and a half games above the washington nationals nine and a half games above the everybody crowned division champs after three games philadelphia phillies so things are going really really well for them right now let's hope they can keep it up uh i remember one year not too long ago we had a nine game league going into september and we lost it. I don't know what year that was. Maybe 09, 2010, somewhere around there. You don't, you don't want to see, you don't want to see that happen again. Um, so let's let's hope for some moves. Uh, make sure you follow Bob and TLW at Chop Up Chop Down, and also Stewart's been lending them a great hand as of late. Yeah, they they cover every single game and they do it well, and they have a great following, a great little. Hive over there, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, our Atlanta Dream, it's been tough sledding this season without Andrew McCautry. You know, they just couldn't get done. They've caught on a little bit. Um, they've won four of their last ten uh, after that, like, one and eight start, but they're still tied for the worst team in the league. They're five and 11, two and a half out of eighth, but they're finally showing some signs of life. They're about, um, so let's see, 16. They got 18, 18 games left. So they can still make the playoffs. The crazy thing about the WNBA, 75% of the teams make the playoffs. So they're still in it, but they've got to they've got to get some wins. Yeah, they're four and six at home, but they're only one and five on the road. So they, of course, uh, they're going to have a lot more road games coming up. They got to get it done away from home. And Atlanta, you got to go support those girls. Um, I, I can't find any official attendance numbers, but I guarantee we're in last place. Uh, it's been a little better. I think they had like friends and family day the other day. They had two kids days, so that's boosting numbers a little bit. But um, SEC media days, uh, I don't know, media week, I don't know what they call it. I just heard them uh, talking about it on 92.9 earlier today. 
Um, what do you you think uh, UGA can uh, make playoff this year? What, what are they looking like coming into the season? Well, I mean, they have the roster and talents who do it and the coaching staff, but we know how – I mean, it's hard when you came in – I mean, you were literally a play away from winning the national championship and then you're a play away from getting into the playoffs last season. I mean – that, that can get teams down or that can pick them up. And it seems like from what how Kirby was talking, uh, from the little things that I saw, uh, it was on while I was at work, but I caught a few quotes. And he said the model this year was do more. He's, he seemed a little frustrated and he said, uh, we got to stop looking at the past and just seeing um, the failures really that it's a failure to get all the way there and never not be able to finish and stuff. And he talked a little bit about that. So, I mean, we, we're always going to be in the mix just because of our recruiting. I mean, we have one of the best recruiting, uh, recruiting the past three to four years. And I mean, it's just all about uh, game planning and finishing games. Um, that's been a problem for all Georgia Atlanta sports. So, I mean, <laughs> They're going to definitely be in there, definitely. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, I mean, they'll be ranked probably in the top five, maybe. I think maybe, maybe Yeah, they'll probably be around there. I doubt they fall out of the top five. Um, but, it, I mean, their schedule, it, it's not the toughest, but it's not the easiest also. So, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we lost the wide receiver in J.J. Holloman, so yeah. he was going to be one of the – bigger piece on that receiving core because he has experience. So we're going to be relying on a lot of guys that haven't played at the uh, collegiate level at this uh, at a high, and been expected to perform at a high level because they're going to be the main guys. So, I mean, I mean, as a fan, yeah, you should expect uh, to be right there in the playoffs, but I mean, you just never know with college football, anything can change each and every year. Teams get better. Teams just don't fit together, and they just some of the veterans that they lose, their juniors and seniors, are, it's too much of a loss, and they're not able to pick it up the next season with their younger guys. But I don't think that would be a problem for us since we had a lot of freshmen last season, and they played well. And I think that experience that they got, they have because of some injuries that we had, it will help them coming into this season. So I expect yeah. big things for sure. So, you know, to make the playoff, they probably need to go. 11 and one. Um, who do you, who do you think that one loss would be for Notre Dame at home? Or? I think that is one that's going to be tough because we went into their home last or not last season, but two years ago, I think it was. And we beat them. I would have to, let me pull up the schedule. That's definitely one of them that I do remember. You uh, have to go to Auburn this year, I think. Yeah. Auburn. Um, got it right here. Let's see. I think I definitely I think the biggest scare is Notre Dame. Uh, definitely, uh, we do travel to uh, Auburn to play them, which will always be tough. But we played Auburn well uh, the last season and in the well the second game of the season before that. And I just think we're more talented than them coming into the season. But like I said, you never know; uh, things change throughout that. So. I think the big, the biggest games will definitely be Notre Dame and Auburn to look for for L. Yeah, it, it, it should be an exciting season for uh, UGA and you know 
probably another matchup with uh, Alabama either in the playoff or the SEC championship game coming again. I'm tired of seeing them. (laughs) As far as our buddies in Atlanta, uh, Georgia Tech, you know, it's exciting times for them. You know, not expecting too much this year, but they're building a solid program down there. Recruiting is doing well. Um, So I I think, you know, hopefully we can get on a really good path with uh, Georgia Tech. They announced, you know, they'll be playing a game in Mercedes-Benz each year. So that'll be exciting, you know, even though they play in Atlanta anyway. You know, uh, Mercedes-Benz is such an amazing facility. It always ups the level of intensity. I'm telling you, even if you don't want to go for the football, uh, Bobby died at night. Just go for the view. It's just an amazing setting. I can't think of, personally, I can't think of a better setting in college football right there with all the buildings behind you and everything like that. It, it's amazing. You know, a civil engineer, I, I, I like that kind of nerdy stuff. But, uh, Anyways, it should be an exciting season. And don't forget our about our um, about our smaller teams, you know, support GSU, um, Morehouse, Clark Atlanta, and uh, Kennesaw State. You know, they all have pretty good programs, so check them out, of course. And also, let's talk about our Atlanta United. You know, things aren't going too well again. We had that really good stretch where nobody could score on us, um, and now it seems to be the opposite. You know, goals are coming. Joseph is scoring, but we can't stop anybody. And it seems that most of the goals are coming off simple, avoidable mistakes. But it seems like every single one of those mistakes is costing us. So, you know, we're, we, we've gotten one of our last nine possible points. Um, we had that insane 5-1 loss to Chicago, who has been playing horrible outside of that game. And then we come home in, which was one of the most entertaining matches I've ever seen. Um, 3-3 draw with our, I'd say, our main rivals. They're even more of a rival on the field than Orlando City. 3-3 draw with them, thanks to a late last-second collapse. And then, you know, just a tough loss to Seattle. Now, Seattle is a very good team at home. But I feel like we had we were in that we had a chance to win that game, and what, like I said, simple mistakes did us in. So this team has to get it together. Um, fortunately, they're still in the hunt for a trophy right now for the U.S. Open Cup trophy. They're in the semifinals. They got to go down to Orlando in a few weeks and play them. Then we have the Champions Cup. Uh, we're going to be playing Club America. That's a Liga MX team on August 14th, so that's another opportunity at a trophy. And, you know, through all the thick and thin, um, we're still right there in the mix. Uh, we're still right there in the in the midst of the playoff hunt. You know, nobody in the East really is playing great football right now. So we're right there. Uh, as far as the league in general, though, LAFC and LA Galaxy are just playing on another level, and we got to see both of them soon. Outside of our Houston match tomorrow, it's not an easy schedule, so we got to get it together. Hopefully, we get Barco back soon and Tito. Uh, hopefully, at some point, George Bello, the 16-year-old from from Douglasville, hopefully he comes back soon. I think he can provide some depth. And um, unfortunately, Breck Shea tore his ACL, so he will be out. Hopefully, we get uh, Mr. Pogba back soon too. You know, if, if if nothing else, this team has a lot of depth. But right now, something ain't working. It's just it seems like. You know, there's a lack of 
lack of chemistry between the players now. You know, it started out where it seemed like coaching and system wasn't right, but I do feel like a few tactical changes could help us out. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. We really need three points tomorrow night at the Bends to get this thing back on track. Because like I said, the schedule doesn't get any easier anytime soon. I believe we have DC United coming on Sunday. So we always seem to struggle with them. But you have anything to add? On United? Um, any, uh, any Atlanta. Huh? Uh, mention, uh, everybody mentioned on Twitter, mentioned Trey Young and John Collins to try to get them to ask for their 2K ratings. Just so it's, inter- it'd be interesting to see their ratings soon. Yeah, you know, Trey Young is on Twitter. Yeah, he's on there a lot. So yeah. I think all they got to do is uh, ask Ronnie 2K or something. So just try to, every time they t- uh, post something, just mention them and tell them to ask for the rating and see if we can get them to do it soon. Yeah, but for sure, thank you everyone for joining. Um, we see you guys. Um, thank you, uh, Brian and Dougie Fresh, for joining in on the chat. We definitely appreciate you too. Uh, and those who listen on replay, remember you can always you can always tune in anytime live when we go live on YouTube, and you can come join in the chat and everybody out there, you know, send me questions. I'll answer them live on air. So definitely make sure you check us out. Thank you guys for joining. As always, shout out to everybody listening, everybody supporting, and also. We really could use some writers or uh, contributors of any sort. So give me a shout. You have any shout outs, Derek? Uh, yeah, just shout out everyone watching, continuing support. Uh, we're at 30 now. And hopefully we can continue to keep going uh, consistently. Seems like we're back on our week to week show. So it's good for us. And we hope you guys enjoy. Y'all have a great day. Yeah.